Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, and then 26 to 31. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your house houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honour. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, let the king tell the servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realise that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, this is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. And then to verse 26. The king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dreams and the visions that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. As you are lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. Down through the ages, men <clears throat> have always wanted to know the future. They always wanted to be able to read it and know what's going to happen tomorrow. The present, they say, would be far more bearable if you knew what tomorrow holds. 
in the olden times, there are many ways of um, devising and reading the future. And one of the most popular ways was by casting lots. Another one was by spinning the arrow to see which way it pointed. Another way was by sacrificing an animal in idol worship and then inspecting the liver, inspecting the testing out the size, the shape and the colour of the liver. And apparently that gave important information that would help these people know the future. Some used astrology. Some used spiritism, which is calling up the dead and talking to them. <clears throat> they believe that <clears throat> by talking to the dead, they have lived their life on earth, they're now somewhere else, and they can tell us what the future holds. Heathen monarchs back in Nebuchadnezzar's day had a great team of men to help them forecast and predict the future. In our Bible reading this morning, we, we learnt that Nebuchadnezzar had a team of men, sorcerers, magicians, interpreters, astrologers. They're all there forming a great team for the king to make decisions about the future. And this gave the king great comfort to think that he had such great power on his side. Even today in modern Australia, Many are searching for knowledge of the future, wanting to know what lies ahead, willing to pay for and listen to someone telling them the future. In many of the waiting rooms, doctor surgeries and other waiting rooms, there's magazines there. If you turn to the back pages, you'll find pages of people for a price, it will tell you your future. Fortune tellers, there's plenty of them, palm readers. Now this is the Wagga Daily Advertiser paper, goes into thousands of homes in this district. The first issue for 2024, <clears throat> the headlines, 2024 reveals your horoscopes. That's the headlines of the district, mind you. I open up the centre file and there's a double page of horoscopes for you to work out what's going to lie ahead this year. And people, well, they buy papers by the headlines, they tell me. And they would have sold many papers with that headline like that. So many people are happy to listen to the ideas and wizardry of these people. But unfortunately, not so many are prepared to listen to God. God who has a plan and a purpose for each one of his people. People in Australia are not prepared to do that as a rule. This morning, the main message I want to bring to you is the value of listening to God in all situations. And today, I want to focus on Daniel 
and his three true friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, Daniel is a fine young man. He grew up in a really good family. He's a God-fearing man, a great man with many talents. And there are no written reports of any misconduct about Daniel in the Bible. There seems to be no black spots against his name. Unlike some of the other great men, I mean really great men, like Noah and Jacob, Moses and David, who all at times fell short of where God wanted them to be. They all dropped the ball. I'm not suggesting for one minute that Daniel was perfect. After all, he was human. But he was always prepared to listen to God and to follow his ways. Let us look this morning at some of the great characteristics of Daniel. Let's first of all look at the situation that he was facing. He and his friends, they were prisoners in a heathen country. And they were faced with the challenge of abiding by the rules of that land to the best of their ability and at the same time following God's commands. And always determined not to compromise in any way. Daniel, with his dream interpretation and his abilities, soon gained favour with Nebuchadnezzar because he came across as a good, sound man who had some basis to his ideas and his thinking. And when Nebuchadnezzar put the real test to his men, this great band of men that he had, they just shook their heads and fell short of the situation. And as John read to us this morning, when Nebuchadnezzar asked these wise men, you might say, not so much to interpret the dream, but to tell him what the dream was, they were gone. And they replied, as it's recorded here in verse 10, the astrologers answered the king, there is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king however great or mighty he might be, has ever asked such a thing of a magician or an enchanter or an astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they don't live among men. This made Nebuchadnezzar very, very angry. It made him furious, and he ordered that all the wise men in Babylon be executed. So Daniel was in a very, very difficult situation. Which leads me to point to what did Daniel do? What did Daniel and his friends do? Firstly, we noticed that they didn't worry. 
Here they resembled the little old lady in London during World War II. Her suburb, her street, was continually bombed. But every day she went to work. Every day when she arrived at work, she was relaxed. Smile on her face. Even though her street had been attacked during the night. And a fellow worker said to her, how do you sleep through it all? And she said, I just repeat my favourite psalm. It assures me that the one who keeps me neither slumbers nor sleeps. And in my mind, there's no need for both of us to stay awake. We noticed too that these four young men prayed in the difficult situation they were facing. They prayed together. Corporate prayer, group prayer, is recommended by Jesus as being more likely to bring results than praying alone. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, I tell you more, whenever two of you on earth agree about anything you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, I am there with them. We notice too that these three, these friends prayed for three things. I wonder what you would pray for in a situation like that. They prayed for mercy. They prayed for protection and they prayed for guidance. And the words of Isaiah must have been in their minds. The Lord will always guide you and satisfy you. The importance of seeking the Lord's will and guidance in every crisis is borne out in three simple facts. Firstly, we, we're usually ignorant. We don't know the future, so we tend to go astray. It's quite easy to go astray because we don't know what lies ahead. Secondly, God does know the way, for the future is in his hands. And I love that little well-known verse, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And thirdly, he loves us, he loves each one of us and wants to help us through the hard times, the difficult times, the obstacles, the dangers and the hurdles of life. Thirdly, we note what these men found. They found that God is utterly and totally dependable. They threw their lives to his mercy and they found grace. They prayed in faith and the Lord honoured their faith by providing what they requested. Take Vanessa. So there was a missionary in the dense jungles of Colombia, South America, back in 1972. At one stage, she was struck by lightning, thrown to the ground, 
almost dead. Sometime later, Take was, had visitors. He had two natives from a neighbouring village came to see him. And they explained to him that this accident was caused by another witch doctor who wanted him out of the way, wanted him destroyed. But Take responded, I recovered. I wasn't killed. How do you explain that? The only answer they had was that your God is stronger than his God. It then dawned on Take that this mishap was not an accident. It was God's way of showing those native people his power and dominion over their pagan superstitions. Our Lord has many ways of speaking to us. He's never restricted in what it might be, even though we might have troubles um, conferring with other people sometimes. He still occasionally uses dreams. Many people find the Bible, many people find a certain verse or a chapter in the Bible suddenly comes true to them, suddenly has the answers for their problems or something that's causing them concern. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks directly to us in a still, small voice. Hard to explain? As this voice seems to come into our thinking, it enters our minds. When you're facing an emergency which demands divine guidance, be willing to let the Lord speak to you in whatever way he decides. Be willing to listen to him. But remember, for these things to happen, you must first go in prayer and in the spirit. Down through the years, down through the Bible, God spoke to people in many, many different ways. Yes, he spoke in dreams. Remember Joseph and his dream, how his older brothers would one day bow down to him? When he first told them that, that didn't go down too well at all, did it? But uh, it ended up being true. God spoke to the wise men with the star that's led them to Bethlehem. God spoke to the shepherds out in the field that night through angels. He speaks to us too, maybe through dreams, maybe through scripture, maybe through the wise words of someone, <clears throat> or perhaps it might be that still, small voice that comes into your mind, comes into your thinking throughout the day. Paul <clears throat> sums up God's guidance in these verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 
The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. <clears throat> How often do we ask God for guidance and direction? Perhaps at the start of a day, start of a week, start of a year. Are we willing to listen when God speaks to us? Sometimes he speaks to us several times and sometimes we still don't take it on board, do we? Have you ever had an experience, that still small voice, that gentle whisper that comes into your mind? This could be God talking to you. <clears throat> a pastor was speeding down the highway one day, running late for a service. And a policeman pulled him up and told him he was exceeding the speed limit. And as he's being interviewed, the pastor said, you won't believe this, but just a little while back, God spoke to me in the still little voice and told me to slow down. The officer took his license and went back to his car. A few minutes later, he returned, handed the pastor back his license and said, I'm not going to book you this time, but next time God talks to you, take notice of what he says. I want to share with you this morning a personal story that I have shared before, but I'd love to do it again because I believe it fits today. One morning, several years ago, I was preparing to go to Victoria for the ram sales. I was filling the ute up with fuel. It was half dark. And as I was filling it up with fuel, I was in a bit of a dream. It was too dark to think much anyway, so um, just waiting for the tank to show it was full. And while I was there in this dream, this voice or something said to me, if you see a hitchhiker, pick him up. Well, I don't pick up hitchhikers. So that was just a waste of space or time, really. Um, put it aside, didn't even think about it again. An hour and a half later, as I'm going out of Narendra, past the two service stations, turned left to go to Jerildry, and there on the side of the road was a hitchhiker. Without even thinking, I swerved in to pick him up. I just can't believe I did that. But I don't do those sort of things. He was a young bloke, a bit rough around the edges, oh, probably 30 years of age, I suppose. And he was hitchhiking, camping on the side of the road. He'd been up to the northern coast of New South Wales um, to see his family, and he's on his way back home to Victoria. After a while, I asked him had he been waiting long. Well, he said, I waited for an hour up the other corner where the Wagga Road comes in with no result. He said, then a voice told me to move down to this corner. He said, I haven't been here five minutes and you turned up. And then the penny dropped with me. I realised that God had spoken to both of us. 
Then I told him my experience that morning too, as I was fueling the ute up. And we agreed that God had spoken to both of us and he wanted us to meet. As you know, the trip from Narendra to Jirilji, 109 kilometres, can be boring at times. But as he opened up with his story about while he's up on the north coast, he had a Jesus experience and this brilliant light shone into his room and Jesus appeared to him. Well, that just opened up a great conversation and the 109 kilometres soon disappeared. We got to Jirildri and he said he didn't want to go any further. I offered to buy him some breakfast. He said, no, he was right. As he stood on the footpath saying our farewells, I said to him, all the best, mate. Hope you make it home safely. We'll probably never meet again, but all the best. And his reply to me was, Oh, yeah, one day we will meet again. The fourth thing I want to share with you about Daniel and his friends. In their actions, we see how they communicated with other people. And whether we realise it or not, we each communicate something about ourselves through every crisis. You know, we don't really know the depth of our character until we see how we react under pressure. We don't really know the depth of our character until we see how we react under pressure. Whether that be in a spiritual sense, in a business sense, in a family sense, in a team sense, whatever it might be. <clears throat> These four young men, by listening to God, and making themselves available, enable God to get an important message across to that heathen king. These young men were amply rewarded for their willingness to serve God, and he protected them all the way through. And as the rest of the story goes on to show, um, Daniel and the lion's den, and these three men in the fiery furnace, how they were protected. And Jesus promises us all today that those of us who make our lives available to him will also be rewarded in this life and the next. The rewards may not be high position society or the group or whatever it might be on earth, but he has far more bigger rewards in place for us. A reward of peace, of joy and many, many blessings. Daniel, in this situation... <clears throat> went on to explain that he didn't receive the message about interpreting the dreams because he was wiser than anyone else. That was not his thinking at all. But he explained that it was simply because God loved Nebuchadnezzar and wanted to reveal to him the real and true future. Daniel continually emphasised that it was God who gave him all the instructions Daniel acted wisely. Daniel acted responsibly, but always, always gave credit to God, not claiming it for himself. God has something for each one of us to do in this life, 
The most important thing we can do is be ready and available. That reminds you, life isn't over yet. Like young Tommy, who was showing his auntie one of his drawings, one of his paintings. Now, said auntie, show me your best one. I can't, Tommy replied. Why not, she said, are you hiding it? Now the little boy replied, my best picture ain't drawed yet. In closing, I want you to think about think again about the main characteristics of Daniel, which enabled the Lord to use him in such a mighty way, to use him in a heathen country. First of all, he was a man of prayer. Secondly, he was a man quick to give thanks for the blessings he received. He was a man who lived by faith. He was a man who expressed true humility. And he was a man who was willing to listen to God. As we enter a new year, let us equip ourselves with these wonderful characteristics of Daniel. Let us spend more time in prayer. Let us give thanks more often. Let us live by faith. Let us express true humility. And let us be ready to let God speak to us. May God bless you all.